Hey there, I want to welcome you to the Rise of the 1% podcast, where you're going to discover the strategies, tools, and insights to dominate and get to the top 1% of your industry. I am Gerald Bass, alongside James J.C. Williams. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, G? Doing great. Doing awesome. 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 Well, here we go again. Uh, podcast number three. Number three. Um, it's a lot of things that I feel like we're going to talk about today, because last week we talked about... Um, the goal setting goal for the setting. 1% center. Yep. And today we're going to talk about having uh 1% or habits. 1% of habits. Very I important. Feel like yes, it's the best way to follow up on goal setting. Right? Yes. Because we also we also know that what habits are is something that you can repeatedly do over and over time so it can actually become what just normal. Right. All right. But we trying to get you outside the norm. Absolutely. So that's one of the things, but before we actually get into that, you know, I want to try to relate to everyone out there. Um, if, because we, when we get into the habits, but I want to just think, like, if you have uh, thought to yourself that you're not got to the place that you want to be in life, right? Um, because we know that it's all about just getting to the highest level, right? That's the part of this podcast, yes. is us getting to the highest level. Yes. So if you feel like you're not at the place, you know, where you're at in life, I want to just ask you, G, what you think that may be holding people back to get into that level, this level? Yeah, I believe it's uh, conditioning. A lot of times it's conditioning from us, from even just little kids. And sometimes it may be from parents. Sometimes it may not be from parents. Sometimes it may be from family. It may be from friends. It may be from what we see in the media. But it's, it's the conditioning mm-hmm. in terms of the way that we are uh, thinking, the way that we uh, see things in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times too, it comes from us as well. Just want to stay in our comfort zones, wanting to remain comfortable with what we've been conditioned by in the way to think and see things in terms of the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's a mediocre type of way of looking at things and looking at situations with terms of what's going on in the world and what we can accomplish and set out for, and etc. So, I believe it's just conditioning, like I say, and, and just. Comfort zone, being in the comfort zone. Right. And I, yeah. and I agree with that because if you think about it, right, mm-hmm. most of our parents or if we looked at people in the past or how um, we always get this basic concept that you got to work hard and right. you got to keep your head down. You got to right. follow the leader. Exactly. Like all those different concepts, which we know that it takes hard, it, it takes work right. to accomplish. Right. Well, also, too, now in this day and age, you got to have a system. Exactly. You know, you have to actually know um, things more than just working hard. Right. So what I want to do is go over some elements that you should have to have the type of habits for the one percenter. Okay. And well, we'll start off with number one that we're going to talk about is really having a structure. Like I said, like a system, just having a structure and um, just think about like, give me a way that's how you probably structure out your day. Yeah, so with me, first of all, I actually schedule my day a day ahead, right? So one of my mentors from afar, uh, rest his soul, his name is Jim Rohn. Say people used to... One of my favorite mentors. Exactly. (laughs) Say people used to ask him, when should you start your day? He say, as soon as your day is finished and you put it on paper. So for me... Every night before I take it in, I schedule my entire day out from the time that I'm waking up Mm -hmm. to the time that I'm taking it in the next day. And I mean from spiritual to 
mindset in terms of mental to relationships to health mm -hmm. to even business. Everything is stretched out. Mm -hmm. So I typically like to work. Well, let me tell you this. I typically like to take it in around the same time, mm -hmm. most nights. And I like to get up around the same time in terms of structure. Um, and then, you know, I like to do time blocks in terms of like within this time frame. Like, for instance, when I get up in the morning, I do my morning success ritual. Typically, I like to get up around 4.30 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Once I get up, you know, I usually, you know, I do my grooming and stuff. And then after that, I pray straight to the gym. All right. All right. Every single morning is automatic. From the gym, come home, shower, drink a protein shake usually in the morning and stuff like that. And then typically from there, I do morning devotion, my spirituality, personal development, read some type of book, 10 pages of a book. I review my goals. And then from there, I get started in the day. And usually I start around the same time, which is around 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And in terms of going throughout my day, what I like to do, I like to work for 50 minutes on, like work on a specific task. I take a little slight 10-minute break. Then I go back in for 50 minutes. And then I take maybe a 30-minute break. And then I go in for another 50 minutes. So that's typically how I go throughout my day. I schedule lunch at the same time every single day. Mm -hmm. I eat dinner around the same time mm -hmm. every single day. And I typically like to, like I say, take it in and in at the same time every single day. So that's primarily what I do in terms of structuring. Every single day, that's what I do. That is powerful. That's yeah. powerful. And I feel like that's going that's going to our next element, which is keeping your focus. By you doing that, that's helping the focus, like by you actually doing on time blocks. Right. Knowing that, all right, this is my morning ritual. And then 8 o'clock a.m., I got this task to do. And then, then after that, it's like I got another task. So it's keeping you focused and, right. you know, keep you going. So. Right. That's, that's powerful. And also, too, just to hit on that, like, another thing that I like to do is journal. Like, that's the one thing, you know, like you said, like you plan your day a, a day ahead. Like, mm -hmm. as soon as your day ends, you are already planning ahead mm -hmm. for your next day, what you're going to do tomorrow. Exactly. So, journaling is very powerful as well. Uh, what I like to do is tell my life story ahead of time like I'm already living it. Right. And that's the way I look at things. And also, too, it helps me to have gratitude and look forward. Like, if I journal the things that I'm thankful for and I journal the things that... Because I, I, could, I could be thankful for being not only just having the friends, my family, and just, um, you know, just um, the day, like, just maybe being a beautiful day and just waking up and being blessed. But also, too, the things that I may want in life, all right? So even if it's... Um, you know, I want to take a, some type of exotic vacation. Right. Or if I want to actually uh, take my family uh, somewhere they never done before, like, this is things that I put in a story that I put in my journaling. So I think journaling is um, very important to actually um, have for your 1% uh, of habits. Absolutely. I think journaling is very important. And, and another thing I do want to mention, because some people may have just heard how I stretch my day, and they're like, dang, all Gerald does is work. Well, actually, even when it comes to my family life and even hanging with friends, like I said, that's even in my schedule throughout mm -hmm. the day. So if the next day I'm going to spend some time with my family, which is I do that, 
then I was scheduled at a day in advance. Right. Like this time block for the next day, right. I'm gonna be spending time with family or I'm gonna go go out with friends or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So everything is structured. So I don't want people to think all Gerald does is work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do work and I do go hard at what I do, but at the same time I structure everything. But like you said, in terms of journaling, yeah, that's that's definitely important. You right. know, being able to write that story beforehand and a lot of times, too, when it comes to writing down what you're going to do the next day, the day before, whether that's journaling, et cetera, your subconscious mind goes to work while you're asleep. So as soon as you get up that morning, you know exactly, like you go straight into that because while you were sleeping, it was, it was subconsciously you know, going throughout your mind in terms of what you just wrote down on paper the night before. Mm-hmm. So that's very exactly. important. Yeah, that's very important. So... Let me ask you this too. Okay, so now we got the journaling, which helps with the focus, right? Right. And my third element that I feel that you need to have um, for uh, high performance or being in the one percent of uh, of habits is also too um, what you do for your like your health wise. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. So, with me with health, I would say for one. I do, I'm doing my best to get better hours of sleep. That's what I would say. I mean, I know some years ago, I'd tell you like this, being completely transparent. When I was in a very dark place at one time, I was staying back home with my parents and stuff because one of my businesses had went under and stuff like that. I remember operating off two, three hours of sleep some nights, mm-hmm. if any sleep. Right. Because I was just hustling. Constantly. Yeah, we know we heard that saying sleep is for suckers. That, right, exactly. We definitely was going off of that, right? We definitely, I mean, we had the wrist, I mean, we going hard with that, right? So I would say, I mean, it's been some time where I didn't get as much sleep as I should have. And even when I was in the entertainment business and you know, I was going to school, mm-hmm. I barely got over four hours of sleep in the night, you know, because I was doing both. So with that being said, I would say these days, in terms of my health, I am working on getting better sleep. For me, I can operate very well off of six hours. Right. I can, right? Now, some people may say they need a full eight hours, right? right? And that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But for me, at least six hours, I can be very productive the next day. And I believe it's still great for your health, right? right. Uh, another thing for me is uh, exercise, yeah. So I go to that gym, you know, consistently, uh, working cardio, working different parts of my body. Yeah. You know, um, I believe that's real good for health, right? Would you it, agree? Yes, because you know, exercise it really, like the energy boost that you get when you do that in the morning, right. it just puts you ahead of the game. Exactly. And that's why I, I that's something I just do religiously. I, right. Like, I love the exercise. And yeah. It just, like, now that's became a habit yes. for me. Like <laughs> seriously, it's became yes. a habit. I mean, if I don't really get that workout in on, on certain days, it's just like my whole day is thrown to the left exactly. or what have you. So, with that being said, yeah, exercise, and I would say as well the way that you eat. Um, mm-hmm. For me, like I said, I usually you know eat forms of protein early in the morning. Right. Um, I eat a lot of salad in terms of my greens. Right. Um, and I eat, I'm not going to sit here and say like I'm a vegan or a vegetarian or anything and nothing against anyone that's doing that. Um, you know, I still eat meats. I still eat fish and shrimp. I, I still eat all that type of stuff. I would say, though, 
It's just you're doing things in moderation, you know, not overdoing that's things. That's right. what I should say. And I'm not saying it's against anything in terms of anybody who may be vegan, vegetarian, etc. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying for me, you know, like you're just doing things in moderation, not overdoing certain things. Right. And I agree with that. Uh, I'm the same way. I have been open to it. Um, vegan, vegetarian. And well, one of the things that I know what works for me, like I, I work on a high level when I do like uh, intermittent fasting. So I really don't eat in the morning. I really I really try to cut down my eating to like once a day. And I just eat huge at one time. And it may be around 2, 3 o'clock in the evening. Mm. And I'm telling you, it's a mind thing. Because at first, I wasn't doing that. It's right. like you got to have breakfast. You got to have protein. Now, everybody have their own different ways on how they do things. But I just like, we talking about our own personal experience. Right. And that's been my personal experience. Like when I... When I eat huge like that, it's, it seems like it lasts me for the rest of the day. I don't have the slumps. And then I'm able, like, my my bedtime is at 10 o'clock because I know that I'm looking to get up at 4 o'clock right. in the morning. Exactly. Um, so I can be at that gym 5 in the morning. It is. Uh, get my hour and a half in right. before. Because most businesses, they open around about 7 o'clock. Exactly. 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Right. So it's like, hey, we want to go ahead and be onto them phones or exactly. doing them activities, which... That goes in to the next element where we're going to talk about is some income producing habits. But and, okay. and one thing that I wanted to also share in terms of health is your mental health is very important as well. Mm. So another thing in terms of health is tuning out as much negative as you can. Really, that's watching the news mm. a lot of times. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying all news is bad. Right, but it's some news out there that we know that is very negative. Right. Uh, you know, hearing about all the killings and all that type of stuff, that's not good for the health. A lot of times, you're constantly feeding your mind with that. Um, sometimes even social media, right, can be kind of negative, okay, right. and it can bring your spirits down and stuff, and it's not that good for your health all the time. So, I would say, even from a mental space, you have to watch your health too, because that also can yeah. come on to your health and, and, and less worry. Right, less worry and more faith. Mm. Okay, because a lot of worry and stress and anxiety creates disease as well. Okay, so powerful, (laughs) absolutely. So, I wanted to speak on that before we move on to the next episode. Definitely, and I was just gonna ask you, G, do you even watch the news? Not really (laughs) at all, unless I'm over at my parents. I'm gonna be honest. My parents, they watch the news, right? Right. That's them. So, if I'm over there, sometimes I'm kind of just in that environment. And hey, that's my parents. I'm not knocking. That's what they do. But when I'm by myself, or I'm, you know, I usually don't watch the news at all. Really, right. I don't watch hardly any media. Now I do check on about current events and things that's going on. You have to stay, stay afloat of that right, type of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But right, all the right. murders and killings and all that, I don't want to hear about that every day. Right. right. I don't exactly. want to watch none of that. I don't know anything, and I don't want to be like on country because I know you. You are more heavily on social media than I am. Yeah. And like I don't be on social media a lot. I don't. I don't get into nothing. That it'd be so funny too, man. Cause like it don't matter that we don't watch it. We still gonna hear about it, right? You know, I, I was just um I was just at um a, a job location um not too long ago. Well, you know, of course, you know, it's not my well, it's a job. It's my my company or whatever, whatnot. But it was at a warehouse, and you know, I'm talking to the workers in there, and um. One of the workers was telling me 
about these diseases mm-hmm. and a guy having sex with a chicken. Oh, you know wow. What I'm oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, so, <laughs> so wow. you know, certain things that really, like, amuse people and they, they entertain, so it, it just don't, it's something that don't capture me. I right. don't really care nothing about Exactly. I don't really So I know I hear about, okay, yeah, it's all different type of diseases and stuff going right. on. But exactly. This is like crazy, like, wow, and this is not in my universe. So I cannot. All right, like, that's not in our world. Right. You know so I don't understand. What is this, you know, but that's what people like and everything. Oh, whatever. You know, everybody got their own thing. So, right. yeah, but that's, that's just me. I don't never watch the news. But we always gonna hear it anyway. Exactly. You don't hear about it anyway. You don't hear about whether anyway. you tune in or not. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I look at it. So yeah. So you know, but that's going to the next element. We want to keep it flowing and everything. So we want right. to talk about um, the income producing habits. Right. All right. So let me ask you, what's some of your income producing habits? Yeah. So for me, in terms of income producing habits, is uh, for one. Clients come first for our business. Mm-hmm. You know, so servicing our clients, of course, you know, we specialize in uh, lead generation, customer client acquisition. So for us, you know, if I'm building out a lead gen system, which is a sales funnel or, you know, set up ad campaigns, running ad campaigns, managing ad campaigns for our clients, that's considered income producing activity because the mm-hmm. more money we make our clients, the more money we make. Mm-hmm. So that's the income producing activity. A lot of times for me as well, of course, prospecting or Running ads for our own business or doing sales calls. Right. That's considered to me income producing activity. Exactly. Um, a lot of times, too, content creation as well is considered income producing activity, even though it's more long term, because um, you have to be consistent with consistently putting out content to really gain attraction for whatever you're doing. But that's even considered uh, income producing activity. What I would say is not income producing activities, okay, is fixing up my office. For the next hour, right? Working around and organizing my office. That is not income producing activity. Talking to friends throughout the day and gossiping, that is not income producing activity. You right. know, looking in the news feed throughout the day, looking at what everybody else got going on in their life, things of that nature, that is not income producing activities. Right. Um, so yeah. that's the difference, that. I would say, in my opinion. All right. Let me just hit on that now. You know, you want to be organized because that's going to Right. It, yeah. Organized is definitely key. Yeah, it's but key. to me, it's not necessarily yeah. all the way at income producing activity, even though I can agree I don't like to work in clutter. I, I do understand that. I know. Okay. But <laughs> some people use that as, as a procrastination mechanism in terms mm-hmm. of taking action. I'm going to sit around for the next few days and work on my mm-hmm. office. Okay. Or I'm going to sit around for the next week and work on a logo. Right. That is not necessarily an income producing activity, even though your logo is very important. Right. I'm not saying websites are not important and things of that nature. But to me, taking a whole week and all that type of stuff for that, that's not really income producing activity to me and not only that you can outsource that type of stuff right and, right. See, and, 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 and this is my this is my theory on it alright um, what I like to do is just do it when you off alright like right yeah so it's like if you take your rest day on Sundays that's when you should get yourself organized do all your errands and, and all that type of stuff you know right. gotta be straight focused when it's time and I'm gonna share this and some may agree with me some may not agree with me I'm just going to share with you what I've learned from many of my mentors who are multimillionaires. I mean, as you get to $10,000 a month or more, to me, cooking is not an income-producing activity, right? A lot of people that get to six figures, they start to hire chefs. Uh, Same thing when it comes to washing clothes, ironing clothes, you send stuff to the cleaners, stuff of that nature. You outsource a lot of things because those are not 
income producing activities. I would say once you have the revenue to do that. Now I can understand if we get in the stage you may not have the income to hire a chef or you know, you may not have that type of income, but as you grow your income up, you start to delegate more of those tasks mm-hmm. to focus more on things that's making money. One thing one of my mentors told me back in 2014, he said that if you are cutting your own grass, you're robbing an 18-year-old of a summer job. Right. He said that mm. if, if, if you consider your worth over $10 to $15 an hour, why are you doing $10 to $15 yeah. an hour work? You see what I'm saying? And so with that being said, that's how I look at income-producing activities. Awesome. And yeah. just to hit on another thing that you said, um, another thing that you were saying, even like your communication with your friends and even family, you know, right. just going to, um, when, when it's time, when you had them time blocks or when you're working and stuff like that. Right. Um, that's another element that I want to get into because you have to have that mindset as in putting yourself first. Exactly. All right. So I understand that, you know, that people may think it's like, what, selfish and conceited while you're saying that. Um, but you have to do these things so you can provide for everything else. Right. You can't be right. overreactive to everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I don't, you know, even like, gee, I don't know if you even notice, like, even when you talk to me, and it's just like with a lot of people, like, even when I talk to you, I, I keep conversations rare. I don't, I don't do long conversations with like, hardly nobody, you right. know. So Not I mean, all the small talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, we get straight to the point where exactly. we need to talk about, all right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's just how I roll, too. So that's another thing. Just uh, that's another element that uh, we were talking about is making sure that you're putting yourself first. Exactly. All right. And another element that I want to move on to is, uh, you know, a lot of people that has these high-performing habits, they love challenges. Right. You know what I mean? So it's something that I feel like that you, um, when you conquer certain challenges, I feel like this is very educational. One thing I was just, um, I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki. I love listening to Robert Kiyosaki because, you know, phenomenal guy. You know what I mean? Exactly. So he gives a lot of, Phenomenal advice. Right. And one of the things he was just talking about when you would get into financial troubles, all right, um, not to run away from the financial troubles, to actually try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that would educate you to actually know how to handle certain situations. So you look forward to whatever those challenges are and you figure it out. Don't right. run from it. At exactly. All. So that's something that I feel like is very key for people that's part of the 1%. You I agree. have 1% habits. I agree. Right. Um, another element that I want to talk about is see and serve beyond your strengths. All right. Mm. Um, high performers and one percenters are uniquely productive. All right. Oh yeah, definitely. And they just don't develop a skill for themselves. Like see and serve, they develop leaders. Oh yeah, definitely. So that's one of the things when you comes down to building businesses. Right. And like you said, when you outsourcing, like it's a lot of things that even me and you had these discussions that we want to do in-house, right? And so us doing these in-house things and we want to build um, a team and a big company, we have to be great at developing leaders. Right. So that's another element that I feel like is very important on the habits that you need to have on knowing how to um, develop leaders. And one of the things I think about like when it comes down to leadership um, it's good to take assessment sometimes to actually see when some areas that you need to improve on. Right, exactly. Improvement is always good. Right, exactly. And I feel like that's another element that I want to get into is actually being open to communication as in to 
be able to take critique, you know, right. be able to take advice. Right. I think that's another um, habit. Yeah. Um, Constructive criticism. Yes. Be able to take it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so I, I, so what you think about just having assessments and you know and um you know how how you feel like they work? I mean, I think is good in terms of and when you say assessments, you talking about in terms of developing leaders, like giving people that are potential leaders assessments. Really, both. All right. So even or people that are already leaders. No, even to help develop leaders, and also to just within yourself, like oh. Just looking at where you feel like you need to grow in. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, that's key. Uh, it's one of those tests out there called Myers-Briggs. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's a personality type of test, and I've taken it a couple of times. It tells you if you're introverted, you're extroverted, you know, all that type right. of stuff. Yeah, and I believe it's, it's definitely good in being able to discover more about self. Mm -hmm. um, I think those are definitely huge. Um, yeah. So that we can know, like you say, what we need to improve at different areas we may need to improve at in our life. And then even others in terms of, like you said, if we're looking to develop leaders or we're looking to build a team, giving them assessment too to find out more about them, their personality right. traits and their strengths, weaknesses as well. Right. Because, you know, I feel like the hardest person to lead is yourself. Right. And one of the things that I do, and if people that know me, they be around me, uh, I'm like my own mentor too as well because I talk to myself a lot. All right, like in the morning, I talk to myself. I, I try to contemplate on my next moves all the time. So it's like, you know, I'm always in that type of mindset as in I'm mentoring myself. Yeah, I'm the same way. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's just something about that, you know. So it's always, when, I, when I'm doing that, is I'm always looking for ways to improve. Right. You know, every day it's like you got to make the improvements and you're looking to be better. Exactly. So that's the hardest work. I feel like it's like, you know, so having no assessment assessments to do to um, know what areas that you need to improve in and be able to approve yourself. That's how you be able to approve everyone else. around. All right. So last element that I'm going to talk about is um, demonstrating courage. All right. Uh, taking bold action, um, standing up for yourself and others. Also, in the face of fear and uncertainty and changing conditions, be able to have that courage. Don't worry about what other people think mm -hmm. and be able to have that persistence. Right. All right. So this is going to lead into, I feel like is a great example of courage. Mm -hmm. And this is leading to our next session of the podcast, which is the 1% of the week. Yes. And this 1% of the week that I'm talking about, he has been known to be one of the toughest guys in the world. Yep. Um, he has been known to do some of the unthinkable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I first got into uh, studying him and reading his book, You Can't Hurt Me. You Can't Hurt Me. And this has really had a huge impact in my life because he gives you that mindset to go beyond the limits that you think that you have within yourself, right. how to separate your mind from the physical. Exactly. So I 1% of the week that we want to give to you guys is David Goggins. David Goggins. And we're going to play uh, a little segment for you guys. Scars remind you that your past is real. You can't run away from it, but you can still be a very dangerous motherfucker. Retired Navy SEAL David Goggins is described as one of the toughest men on the planet. When I was 297 pounds trying to be a Navy SEAL, the scariest thing in the world to me even to this day 
was that that could have been the rest of my life. Fuck that. I want to be someone that I'm proud of. Just by going to war with myself every day, I gain confidence. Like you go to work, you put your suit and tie on, I go into suffering every day. And that became my new norm. I gave myself no way out. If you can't control your own brain and your brain controls you, you're fucked. You gotta tell your brain where you wanna go and how you wanna go and how you wanna get there. Everybody thinks I'm Superman. I had to tell them the truth. My dad beat the hell out of me. I come from hell. Be born in that shit, man. You learn to survive, but surviving doesn't make you win. Surviving makes you a fucking cockroach. What is in us, we have no idea until we start trying hard. No one really finds themselves without going through suffering. Go to a dark place in your mind and figure out what the fuck you want to be. Find your purpose, and then you'll find the courage to start that journey. All right, so uh, hope you have got some great value out of that. Like I said, this guy here has, um, you know, he has had a huge impact on me and how I look at things, even when I'm working out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was looking at um, Joe Rogan podcast one time, and uh, I know one of the guys he was interviewing on there. He said that he spent like a whole month with David Goggins, and I remember the first time we went to the gym, and he had him to do pull-ups. And he just did like 10 pull-ups. But now nah, David Goddard is like, now nah, do 100, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you ain't going to stop, you know? Right. <laughs> That's that Goggins mentality. 1% mentality. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, oh, excuse my language out there. <laughs> but this how he really talked. You know, like, you know, he's very hardcore. Right. And, um... And, that, and that, every time I go to the gym now, that's how I have that mindset. It's like you got to leave it all out. And then when it gets hard, you separate the mind from the physical because your mind is more powerful. So this is, you know, and, I, you know, these are the things that you have heard before. But when you read certain stories, those stories inspire you. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like uh, even with me diving into a lot of interviews I've heard from David Goggins to listening to his audio, You Can't Hurt Me. Um, I'm used to running, like I said, a couple of miles. I think I was sharing with y'all earlier, like a couple of miles uh, in the morning. But after listening to Goggins, I started to push like four miles, four five miles, miles right. right in the morning, going over and beyond because we can do a whole lot more a lot of times yes. than we set out for. It's, it's all a mental thing. It's all a mental. Yeah. So... You know, so hopefully you got some value out of this out there. Um, so if you just out there, you saying why can't you just be happy for what you have? Um, those who say that, um, just understand that they don't have the mindset of the one percent. Right. Because um, you could be wildly happy for what you have and still strive and grow and contribute. So don't let anyone ever discourage you or from your ambition to do better in life. Don't minimize yourself or your dreams for any reason. Also, it's okay to want more. Don't fear for new ambitions. Just understand how to reach them with more focus, elegance, and satisfaction to do bigger than next time. All right? Yes, so it is. We're going to go ahead and end. 
uh, this podcast. G, you got anything that you probably want to add? Yeah, I would say definitely pick your biggest takeaway or your few biggest takeaways from this podcast and go out and implement. Implementation is key. Applied knowledge is power. Remember that. So you heard a lot about the successful habits of the top one percenters. Go out and apply what you heard in this podcast so that you can get closer and closer to becoming part of that one percent yourself. And also, I have a free training. We have a free training over at the rise of the on how to dominate and get into the top one percent of your industry. Make sure you visit the website www.theriseofthe1percent.com. Okay, it's a training over there. Free training on how to dominate and become part of the top one percent of your industry. Also, if you got value out of this podcast, give us a five-star rating. Five stars. Nothing less. And subscribe so you'll be notified every time we drop one of these episodes so we can continue to impact and serve you at the highest degree. And feel free to share this around with anyone else you feel can benefit. Feel free to drop any comments as well of your biggest takeaways. Besides that, this is James, J.C. Williams, and Gerald Bass. We definitely look forward to seeing you in the 1%. Have a great day on purpose.